Hello and welcome to Aztecs All In, the podcast that goes all in on San Diego State Sports Fan Fest Edition. I'm Louis Weiner along with Steve Perez. We are two Aztec alums who have decades of experience in local media. And Fan Fest means for the first time, San Diego State fans will get to see the Aztecs play in Snapdragon Stadium, Steve. And what can we look forward to, do you think? We look forward to an energetic scrimmage, but before we do that, as we hang out here in the purple parking lot with the Snapdragon Stadium looming off in the what distance. What do the colors mean? I don't know. Green, <laughs> I orange, just, uh... and purple. Traditional Aztec colors. <laughs> right. Well, all I know is the purple lot is dirt and gravel, so there's no color coding going with this. But look, on to um, a little bit of insight because before we go inside, some insight into the thoughts of the offensive coordinator, Ryan Lindley. He uh, did a pre-FanFest media availability earlier in the week, and the former Aztec QB joined his alma mater at a point during last season's campaign where things really could have gone off the rails, right? Uh, Lindley, for those who may not know, or like me, had to be reminded, he came out of El Capitan High School, Lakeside, right here in San Diego County, and he owned the QB spot as an Aztec. Then he joined the NFL as a sixth-round choice. The Arizona Cardinals did some time in the NFL for some other teams, including on the practice squad of the, <coughs> the team that Shelby Namus that used to be here, and uh, did some uh, other uh, stints with the Patriots and the Colts, and also uh, played a little bit in the CFL. And then the coaching career uh, began as a grad assistant for the Aztecs. And then he did some work uh, in the NFL for the Browns and then college stints at Utah and Mississippi State. And then rejoined the Aztecs as quarterback coach, then get the battlefield promotion, right, uh, as the offensive coordinator last season to try to help right the ship when the Aztecs appeared to be struggling and heading uh, into a darker spot in their record books than they eventually ended up. So this season marks his first full one where the former Aztec QB is the offensive coordinator, Iron Man starter for four years. He holds the school's passing yardage records, right? He's got 12,690 yards, and that's good for number 26 all time in the NCAA D1 record books. And he has a head coach who's defensive-minded kind of guy, a slightly different point of view. So we were curious how that's all going, especially from the perspective of someone who has also played in the Mountain West, right? Knows firsthand all the travel schedules, the altitude, the weather conditions you might have to encounter as part of the Mountain West. So those are the challenges, and his team has to be built for it. Coach Polk loves ball control. Yeah. Ball. And what kind of discussion did you have uh, when you're talking about coordinating an offense with that kind of a desire? Oh, and understanding that too. I mean, I, the biggest thing we both discussed was you had to look at your personnel and what they do well. So, you know, ball control for me is moving the chains. You know, so we're going to do that. Uh, we want to keep the ball in, in our hands, obviously. Moving the chains and ball security would be the two biggest uh, factors in, in ball control in my opinion so what that looks like you know obviously we will we will continue to, to iron out uh, and yeah I get it you know he's a, he's a defensive coach so he's going to want us to take the air out of it and, uh, and make sure the defense is on the field as, as, as little as possible um, and you know I, I want that too as long as we're scoring points and winning so uh, we'll, we'll definitely we'll keep working towards that goal and 
uh, excited to see what we put out on the field here in 18 days. Also, you played in the conference, so you know that kind of formula translates to a winning record. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, running the football and playing defense, it travels. It travels in September, it travels in October, it travels in November. When you're playing big-time football in December, it also travels. So I think it's a universal. Um, and, I, and I think the biggest thing when I say, I keep saying culture, like it's also the easiest thing to me to establish culture. You know, when you get guys spread out, I think it's a little harder to say that, hey, we're going to be a tough-nosed football team and we only got five guys we're going to line up within the box, you know. So we try to kind of establish that with our guys that, hey, we're going to we're going to establish where we're at and, and, you know, bring the energy and set the tempo for everything we do each and every day. But you threw the ball a little bit when you were here. Yeah, yeah, coordinator, right? Well, no. Well, here's my here's my thing with that. I think you you you, you take shots, you know. I mean, it, and all those things. I think it. I had guys that were really yeah. explosive playmakers too. You know, it's like it wasn't just a air raid flying down the field four verts all the time. It was methodical, and I always look at it. I'm a big baseball fan. Like I always look at it as like a lot of those were set up. That was that, that that pitch was set up. That play call was set up by some run play or some play in the first quarter that we put out in the third quarter with its complement or its curveball off of it. So, you know, I think that, and Coach Oak says it with a whole team if we're going to play complementary football, offense, defense, and the kicking game. I think within what we do on offense, run game, pass game, play action, RPOs, there is a complementary aspect of that and what we're going to do as a whole. And that, to me, it still all starts with how is the offensive line going to fire off the ball and how those guys are going to buy in. So that's the, that's the universal. If they do that, then I think we're going to be in good shape either way we go. How lucky is San Diego State to have Ryan Lindley as the offensive coordinator, a guy who bleeds red and black, a guy who led San Diego State? He talked about moving the chains and ball security. Well, when he was quarterback in San Diego State, he moved the chains. He was responsible. He threw 90 touchdown passes in his four years at San Diego State. And ball security, he knows about, th- knows about that, too. He threw 47 interceptions. And he also helped lead the Aztecs to the 2010 Poinsettia Bowl. That was the first bowl game for San Diego State since 1998. And the Aztecs beat Navy 35-14. So Ryan Lindley is a legend in Aztec lore to some extent, and we're happy to have him. Yes, Lewis, and you know we've spent a lot of time watching Aztecs football uh, for many years prior to that. So we're long-suffering, and it was pretty uh, amazing in uh, Brady Hoke's second year as the head coach, right? All of a sudden there's a turnaround, and they're bowl eligible, and they win convincingly at the poinsettia bowl and i still got that shirt i kind of brought it along and it's just kind of a neat feeling that brady hoke expressed earlier what it's like to have guys who've been through the program and all of a sudden they've paid some dues coaching and now they're here trying to direct a new generation of aztecs so we will learn more about the whole offensive line situation from the offensive line coach mike goff who has a you know impressive resume of his own and a key returning starter, Cade Bennett. That's coming up in our next edition of Aztecs All In. All right, well, I want to know if that shirt fits. We're going to find that out after. Oh, wait, wait, yeah, there's one more thing I was going to mention is that, is that um, Kirk uh, Kenny of the Union Tribune kind of chimed in and kind of kept that riff going with Lindley about uh, hawking it all over the yard and just wanted to let Kirk know that we're going to go ahead and give him a residual for that question. And it's 1% 
for everything that we get out of it. So, Kirk, it's it's Zero. in the mail. It's in the mail. Zero <laughs> so far, it's in the mail. Anyways, go ahead, Lewis. All right, I think it's time we go in and uh, check out the uh, FanFest scrimmage, and uh, we'll bring you some uh, information on it in a second. Should be a lot of fun. Just like that, the scrimmage is over. How did that happen? No, not just like that. It's the magic of podcasting. The magic of podcasting. The scrimmage was fun. It was fun to watch. The offense put up uh, more than 50 points, and the defense uh, scored 14 points on its own. So there were uh, two defensive touchdowns. And the way the scrimmage started off was fun. Uh, Jalen Maiden with a 46-yard completion to Breon Penny, and that's how it started. And afterwards, uh, Maiden said that he was asked what he wanted the first play of scrimmage to be, and that's what he chose. And it was a 46-yard completion. So perhaps maybe he should be calling his own plays? Uh, I'm not so sure about that. But the other quarterbacks, uh, not so sure uh, they performed as well as uh, Brady Hoke was hoping Kyle Crum uh, early on fumbled, um, and that was returned for a touchdown. That was an interesting play, Steve. Yes, it didn't look like it was just one of those plays where the ball just sort of levitated and, and ended up in a defensive back's hands, and that was an easy touchdown. It was an easy touchdown. And later, Tobin O'Dell, who was taking third-string snaps today, was picked off in a pick-six by Noah Tomlin. Uh, so backup quarterbacks looking a little uh, iffy at the moment. And afterwards, Brady Hoke was asked about who the backup quarterback might be, and he wasn't really sure. But what we do know is Jalen Maiden is the starter, and he performed pretty well, even scored two rushing touchdowns. I'm sorry, a rushing touchdown late uh, after uh, a, a pretty good rush uh, leading uh, toward the goal line. And he was asked afterwards how he feels two weeks uh, into practice and uh, compared to two weeks ago. I mean, we all have a lot to do, but as far as two weeks ago, just everything that we put in and all the notes and going back and watching film and stuff, I would say, I mean, I'm light years ahead of where I was two weeks ago. Jalen, you pretty much stayed in the pocket the whole time until toward the end. You had those rushes toward the you know, latter part of it. Was that by design? Uh, just how, to, how, to, how the, uh, the game got called. Um, it wasn't – I mean, I'm in a green jersey too, so I'm pretty sure they probably kept some of the quarterback run stuff out, but um, just how to play, how the plays got called. So Jalen Maiden talking about the progress the offense is making and running back situation looks really, really good. Three running backs uh, played a lot. Jalen Armstead and Cam Davis and Keenan Christen was fantastic. He had some great moves after a catch. Uh, he had some really nice long runs. And I think the running back situation for San Diego State is going to be really good this season, Steve. Yes, that was one of the uh, parts of the team that Coach Hoke sounded really uh, optimistic about, which was the running backs room. He did mention that that was a, a part where he really did feel like uh, it wasn't going to be a huge issue. And 
a nice catch that you mentioned by uh, Brian Penny on that opening drive that led to the touchdown. And also, uh, I thought that uh, Keenan Christian showed great speed after that one particular catch that we were talking about. That So, again, that should not be a, a problem for the Aztecs. The, the entire situation for a scrimmage under the lights here at Snapdragon is this. It's uh, trying to get the team squared away to get used to what it's like here and get them feeling comfortable in this stadium. They didn't quite get the effect of uh, what it would be like to have a whole stadium full of fans crying noisily. It was a turnout that was estimated by our local authority on such things. I'll go back to him, Kirk Kenny, and no, there are no further uh, residuals for that. He estimated the crowd at about 1,500 tonight. And for a free event, just a couple weeks away from the season opener, it's uh, going to be interesting to see who actually shows up for that first season game. But getting back to Coach uh, Hoke's thoughts about the entire day, uh, here's what he had to say. The way some of the other scrimmages have gone, it's been uh, it's good to see what the offense did today. And uh, really, you know, certain guys defensively played real well. So, so it's exactly what we wanted. We wanted, uh, you know, to be in this stadium. We wanted it to be competitive. We wanted to have a lot of different situations, and we accomplished that. And you know, we'll watch the film and grade it and uh, evaluate it. We'll find out some guys maybe who. Um, have made some uh, good strides that they'll be part of the travel team. When you're on the field and you're looking at you know at the tackle from the line. What are you seeing there that other fans don't see? And how does that help you as a coach? Oh, I, I love being. I wish I could be there game day. I mean because it's uh, you know it's a beautiful uh, for them from the senses as far as seeing and then hearing. I mean it's uh, it's. If, if I was an official, I'd be the guy back there. Is there anything you learned from being there that you can share with us? Uh, I don't know. I, you know, we all, I think, would probably be looking at something different uh, to some degree. You know, I was looking at the, the alignments of our, our tight ends, you know, tonight and, and of our, our H-backs to make sure that they were not covering up the the offensive tackle. So, you know, just different things you look at. How do they do in that regard from your perspective? Oh, we got some things you got to clean up, but you know, uh, I, th I think, you know, between uh, up front, I thought we, we uh, played with a pretty good pad level today, which is something uh, we haven't done as much as I'd like. So. Coach Hoke not naming too many names. Uh, still a couple of weeks before the season opener. They're going to have to solidify, you know, their two deeps probably at, at the end of next week's practice. And I can, for many years, I would go into locker rooms and talk to coaches about, hey, what happened to this play and what that on that play? And they would always give you that answer. Well, I don't know. i got to look at the film. And it wasn't really until I started shooting more high school football that, you know, I kind of got a real understanding of what they meant because I would go into some of those games, a live game, and you're trying to grab this shot or that shot, and you think you did a good job on a certain play or, you know, a certain play maybe didn't work out the way you thought, and you didn't really know as you're 
experiencing it live and trying to do your best job capturing it until you looked back at it when you kind of needed to put it together and uh, turn it on in. So I, I have a greater understanding for, for what that whole phrase, you know, looking at the film means. One of the players that he did probably have a lot to say, I mean, I don't know if he named him, uh, called him out in the interview, but uh, Cody Moon, his name got called a lot tonight. It did. Cody Moon played extremely well. We're going to uh, hear from him in a second, but I, I want to mention Dallas Branch. He had a great hard hit at one point, knocked the ball out. Uh, Trey White and Brady Nasser, both freshman defensive line, they played extremely well today. And um, uh, Sidarius Barfield, good pressure on a blitz. Uh, Cooper McDonald is fast. He put good pressure on the quarterback. But Cody Moon, linebacker, he made a really nice stop behind the line. And afterwards, he was asked to assess his play and how he thinks the day went. Um, I feel like I made some good plays out there. Um, I also feel like there's a lot of room to improve. I feel like I, there was a couple plays I left out on the field, and I just need to work on my technique over these next couple weeks before we play Ohio, and I'll be ready ready to go by then. So we, we, we set this all up like we want it to be, like we're playing Ohio. We kind of try to do the whole day like it's game day. We tried to do yesterday like pregame, and so we wanted to make it as game-like as possible. So a really good showing tonight by the defense. And late in the scrimmage, uh, Maiden threw a red zone pick to cornerback Des Malone, which again showed, I think, the defense... A little bit ahead of the offense today in this scrimmage. I think that was obvious, but the offense made some really nice plays, and I think uh, they're making strides as well. Yeah, I think in, in that situation, um, I'm trying to remember the play, and it, I think there were two receivers that were kind of bunched up in the same spot. So, again, this is what the coaches mean by taking a look at the film. Now, Absolutely. what happened there? Did the receivers mix up their routes? Uh, did he see something, did he think someone was going to break some way and they broke the other, and then they're probably going to have a discussion with the players to find out. So the, everybody sees the football going, uh, leaving the quarterback hands and ending up in the opposing team's hands and thinking it's his fault. It's not always the case in, in those situations. And Hoke did mention that they were going to spend a lot of time working on special teams. So we saw a lot of that, a lot of two-minute drills, uh, a lot of different place kickers uh, taking their cracks at the, the goalposts. Most of them uh, made it on through for the most part. I think the other observation has to do with the offensive line and the approach this season was going to go to less of a no-huddle approach. And I think Ryan Lindley mentioned uh, in a, a discussion uh, about that uh, topic that it was something where they were going to be approaching the offense from more of a huddle position where they all get together and make sure they know exactly what the count is so there's no uh, mistaking it. So saw fewer of those tonight, uh, saw fewer you know false starts and those sorts of things. So maybe that sort of technique is actually uh, going to help them this season. Yeah, one thing about these scrimmages is it's not like a real game situation. So at the beginning, they kicked off like five straight times. So there's a kickoff, they do it again. A kickoff, they do it again. Because they want these special teams players to, you know, to get in some sort of routine uh, instead of just waiting every time there's a, you know, touchdown score. Right. And the other element to that, and Hoax mentioned it, is who else is going to make the squad, make the bus? Who gets to go on the travel team? If you can make yourself useful covering on a kickoff or a punt or 
uh, blocking or leading a return effort, then that's another feather in your hat and another thing in your favor when it comes time to decide who's going to actually make the travel squad. Absolutely. Well, this was fun. We got real game uh, recap stuff, and we're going to do that uh, throughout the season here on Aztecs All In. Looking forward to it, Lewis. I guess that's about enough for one night, so... Thank you all for checking in with us again on Aztecs All In. Steve Perez for Lewis Wiener saying you can always check us out on the X. And also you can send some mail if you have some suggestions, some story ideas, or if you got something you think that uh, maybe uh, we could do a little extra work on then we're welcome to hear that Extra as well. Work. Yeah, it's, yeah, oh yeah. The, we we have some, paid for something this? that is more fun, right? <laughs> more fun from the uh, the people who enjoy our, our podcast. Uh, write us at AztecsAllIn at gmail.com. So for Lewis Wiener, I'm Steve Perez saying we'll talk to you sometime very soon.